Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Frank Kenny. Frank is the Director of Market Strategy at Clio, where he is focused on helping companies get ahead and stay ahead despite persistent supply chain complexity. So, hi, Frank. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Kelly, for having me on. So I think in, in my interview, I, I kind of said the thing that everyone, at least in this listening audience, is thinking, oh my gosh, the last few years have been so complicated, and we're going to get around to discussing that. But I want to give listeners an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better first. What should people know about your professional journey to this point? Um. I think the the most interesting thing about my professional journey is the opportunity I spent uh, over a decade as one of the lead analysts at Gardner. And I had the opportunity to visit many, many places and speak with many, many people uh, around the world. And what has just really helped is being able to get in the field, being able to walk a mile in uh, an EDI developer's shoes or spend time with an over-the-road trucker at a truck stop um, asking about a CDL or spending time in a factory. Um, I, I have dedicated so much of my professional career to not just talking in the abstract, but Fortunately, unfortunately, getting my hands dirty and understanding what do people really do? What what the people who keep our supply chain running, what are the things they deal with every day? And what we try to do here at Clio is create technologies and services that can make those small pieces much easier and much more manageable. And I'd like to think what our customers find is, wow, the small things are working themselves out, so the bigger things are much easier to work out. And and that's certainly been my professional uh, philosophy and spending time with people in the industry and and spending where I spend my time and the folks that I talk to, the things I write about in the way that I help guide uh, Clio throughout the uh, market. Now, it's interesting. I want to bring back together a couple of the things that you just mentioned. So certainly you talked about technology and data, all of those digital capabilities that we lean on so heavily today, absolutely top of mind for for everyone listening in. But I also particularly appreciate your point about walking a mile in somebody else's shoes and being on the front lines and getting your hands dirty. You know, so many times we struggle with, you know, when you think about the supply chain, the risk, the opportunity, the information, so many things are sitting multiple links in the chain or multiple tiers of the supply chain away from us. And it ends up being about who can get the best 
visibility so that they're making decisions with the best information. How does that need for visibility, whether it's from on the ground or through technology, get us back around to this idea of supply chain continuity? You have to be able to see something to uh, react to it. tree you have to hear the tree falling in the forest to be able to Mm -hmm. to react to it and you know whether or not it happens and i believe it does but whether or not it happens is is you know besides the point uh visibility and and the the ability to see things that are happening um both in um uh in a real-time way but in a way of being able to go back and take a look at trends and and look at, well, why do things happen? And, and then going back and then being able to forecast it becomes, in, it becomes incredibly in, important, especially when you are thinking about all of the little pieces of the puzzle uh, that happen. And again, it could be a minor accident that is snarling up traffic. I'm here in Florida on I-4 between Tampa and Orlando, that is going to dramatically impact a truck that drops off um, uh, fresh fruit to uh, a port or a rail yard that then has to take those strawberries up north. You can have a simple car accident really throwing off an entire system. Mm. When you have visibility, then you have options. And I don't think that, I think people and companies tend to look at visibility as just this piece of technology or, or uh, bits of data instead of visibility really being this event that will trigger multiple consequences, multiple realities. Um, and, and that's really the power of uh, visibility and it, it has to go hand in hand with doing something, but you, you have to be aware that it that it happens. So no doubt, visibility is I think the single biggest thing that that has uh, certainly in the last few years um, during COVID and, and post COVID is the single biggest word in supply chain and the fact that my seventy six year old mother has visibility into the supply chain and has opinions the same way that the president of the United States can see into the supply chain and has an opinion. I I think that that's great all around because it opens the door to um, just everything. It opens the door to choice. It opens the door to governance. It opens the doors to um, accountability. I I really think that those are the things that are going to make a difference as we look ahead 10 years and what does our supply chain and supply chain management mean um, over the next decade? Well, I think it's interesting that you talk about optionality because a lot of times, you know, and I'll even, I'll include myself in this. I think about visibility and on a very simple level, you might say, oh, well, visibility is being able to, you know, see quote unquote, what's going on or see or know what the right answer is. When in fact, you and I and everybody else that spent more than 15 minutes in the supply chain knows that each moment is fleeting. And so it really is 
not about having this false sense of security from knowing what's going on or knowing what the right answer is, but knowing, okay, when things inevitably change, when there's that accident on I-4, right? When something pivots, what options do I have available to me and what factors will help me make the decision between them? So visibility is really much bigger. I mean, certainly given the complexity we talk about, having that visibility is really about understanding everything that's going on around what we think the current best path is, Mm. right? As opposed to necessarily saying, okay, well, we've made all the right decisions this year and the data backs us up. Love it. I mean, I think you're hitting it right on the head. And and if, if I would crispen your message up, it's visibility forces us to make choices and make decisions. And and prior to visibility, especially visibility around the supply chain, it we fell into whatever's going to happen is just going to happen. And having that visibility now forces us to say, well, this happened and I can do A, B or C or I don't I I can do nothing. But those are still the choices that I have. Uh, yeah. Kelly, I, I think to if you're ever in a car and you're driving, and this is just the way my head works, when you're using any of the uh, driving apps, et cetera, uh, every once in a while, your your phone will say to you or your system will say to you, there is traffic up ahead, but you're still on the best route to get to where you want to go to. Would you like um, another or an alternative route? And with visibility, becomes right after choice. Yeah. And with that choice becomes accountability for whatever you decide to do. And that's really the power of visibility. It's the the choice and the accountability for that decision making. And and I think that companies today are so much more empowered because they see the things that are happening. And they now have a choice and a responsibility to do something or do nothing. And and that is the real power of visibility past something's happened and I can see it. And certainly people and professional community play as much a role in that idea of visibility and choice and accountability as our systems do. Mm -hmm. I'd be curious about your thoughts around you know, so many times it's a supply chain function or a procurement function that has responsibility for what's our current risk position, what are our backup plans, uh, how soon do we have to make a decision about this situation that seems to be changing. Do you have any thoughts or advice around how we can distribute that sense of ownership, that sense of accountability so that Anybody that is impacted by the supply chain, which is everybody, has that built-in incentive to bring back what they're seeing or opportunities that they're aware of so that it's not just, well, gee, supply chain team, why didn't you know this was coming? How do we create that sense of community or shared responsibility around visibility and risk? I think it's the same way that we've seen of any the same way that we've seen other phenomenon in our society uh, take root, especially when uh, it starts 
or it's centered so much around technology. And today, especially in supply chain, you know, we've always known that we need visibility and we've always known that visibility is the difference between um, getting there first and, and, and not getting there first. So we've always known that. And that's the way that businesses run because of, of the modernization of technology and uh, the internet and uh, just the speed of machine learning and artificial intelligence and uh, the impact of the web, we now have all of this technology that allows us to have visibility. But the problem that we have now, Kelly, is, is that that starts to put the responsibility squarely on IT. And visibility in the supply chain and ensuring that the people who need to get things get things and things flow the way that they need to flow is still the responsibility of the business. And I like to I like to blame it all on sales, right? So the sales guy. <laughs> so don't we all? <laughs> yeah, the sales guy has to sell it, but the sales guy also has a responsibility, or is at least the proxy for how things get fulfilled. I'm not calling uh, the IT department of the uh, company who's iPhone case I just bought. Now I'm calling the sales team. I'm calling the customer success team. And I'm saying, hey, when am I getting this? Um, it says that you created a, a way bill, but it says that it hasn't been dropped off and it's been like this for two weeks. So the reality is, is that thank you, IT, for ushering these systems in. Thank you, IT, for making these systems available to all con all the, the consumers on a supply chain, whether they be me as the end consumer or the store that I bought from or the distributor or however up the tiers you, you want to go. Thank you for doing that, IT. But the decision making and the responsibility ultimately lays on sales and fulfillment. And, and I think what has to happen, Kelly, and this is a little bit of my soapbox, but it'd be really interesting to hear your feedback on it. I think what has to happen is in IT, we have to stop looking looking at things as bits of data or has you know two um, kill character uh, pieces of data that sit on a desktop somewhere. These things have real value in the real physical universe. And so what may be represented as an EDI 850 purchase order is actually a, 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 a truckload of fresh fruit that has to go someplace. And so our business recognizes that it's a truckload of fresh fruit that has to go someplace, but sometimes our IT doesn't see it. So has the business of supply chain, and that is the sales organization, that's the fulfillment organization, um, that's the procurement organization. They have to have and take more responsibility for you know, what this visibility means, visibility into what, what are the physical things in the physical universe that get impacted by delays or get impacted when things are in time and and all of those things. So so it definitely needs to leave the realm of just IT and it needs to really be owned and and 
embraced by the business. And I so I, I really just think that that is the sales and the fulfillment and the customer service and customer success because they are embracing the the, the ultimate consumers. Well, what I like about what you're saying is that it it actually mentally takes me back to walking a mile in somebody else's shoes. Mm-hmm. There's so much that data and technology and analytics allow us to do today. But if you allow the connection to be broken between the system or the server room or right the person just doing calculations and the person who is waiting for that truck to show up or waiting for the truck to leave so that the truck behind it can get in, if we lose the context and the meaning around all of the data, that's where you start to get breakdowns that many of us, especially as consumers, might think of as the problem but are actually symptoms. I went to my supermarket and the the whole pasta aisle is empty, or I went and everything was expired or, or out of code. Um, you know, when we, on the one hand, we do want people to be able to specialize functionally, whether it's supply chain or marketing or IT, we don't ever want anybody to lose sight of what are we all here to do? And the answer is almost never type more numbers into this system. You know, the answer is to get the truck of oranges through or route a person to a place where their skills and expertise are needed. And it's almost like we need everybody to be able to think big and think small at the same time, right? Think about how do I be as effective as possible with the task at hand, making the decision so that if you're in the car and the message pops up and says, trouble ahead, what do you want to do? You do need good decision makers and you need to empower those people with information, but you want them to keep in sight what the end goal is. And I think that's hard. I think that's hard for us as people to think big and small at the same time. I I agree. I I think it's abstraction. And I think that, um, I think humans naturally crave the abstraction of things because uh, it's a control yeah, it's it's a control thing. It's it's it becomes a lot easier to get your mind around, um, to get your mind around big concepts and and long running processes and and a whole bunch of dependencies that you can't you know you could not fathom. I, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, right at the 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 onset of the COVID pandemic, uh, we had the issue with toilet paper. And my mother called me and uh, she asked me, she said, Frankie, do I have to go to the store and buy, you know, uh, bulk up on toilet paper? And I have no idea what's going on and why isn't there any toilet paper? And um, I, I calmly explained to her that it wasn't an issue of toilet paper wasn't being made or anything else like that. It was an issue of, for whatever reason, none of the trucks were in the right place Mm. and there weren't enough drivers to move the trucks. So it was just an issue from the supply chain and some decisions that some companies and, and carriers and logistics providers, uh, a bunch of decisions that were made that things weren't in the right place. What I thought was very, very interesting was that for the first time in 25 years, my mother understood exactly what I did. She, she said, wow, you're good at this. You should do this for a living. And, uh, and, Mom, I hate I to break it to that. you, but, um, 
But, but I thought what was really interesting was that my mother now had an investment in the supply chain. However, um, has everything is kind of started to level out has she is not looking for things and she doesn't in the, in the grocery store, she doesn't see Mm -hmm. empty shelves, the apathy and the abstraction just fell back. Um, This is despite the multiple geopolitical conflicts, the, you know, the, the massive earthquake that just happened in Afghanistan on um, um, Saturday, uh, don't mean to, to date your content, but all of these things that are happening that will impact the supply chain and that will impact um, elements of what my mother is going to find um, at a store uh, in, in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I think as humans, we like to abstract these things, mm-hmm. um, but we have to be very, very careful in, in that we, we do so because um, that's when you have apathy. And once you start to have that apathy, then you lose your edge. And it just takes one cataclysmic thing or and cataclysmic from a market market standpoint, cataclysmic from, you know, uh, I, I uh, very few people on Friday night went to sleep thinking about what was going to happen on Saturday morning. Um, so it, it could be uh, any number of things, but how you can see how the world is prepared for these things, especially around the supply chain. And I'm starting to feel that apathy that we had in 2019 and 2018 starting to creep back into the market. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that we learn about history, and you and I had a conversation about books, um, one of the things that we learn about history is that history will teach you again. You know, um, <laughs> yes, hard will. head will make for a soft behind. That's what my yeah, grandma. As many times as you need to learn it. Exactly. And, yeah. and history will teach it to you. And, and so I'm feeling that apathy and that apathy is going to give way to fragility. And that fragility is going to give way to being thoroughly unprepared for the next thing. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because you're absolutely right. There always is a next thing. And given that, I'm particularly looking forward to hearing your answer to my next question. So, Frank, this is a tradition here on the Mm -hmm. Sourcing Hero podcast. Every guest goes through this the very first time they join me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you two questions. You can choose whichever one you like, and there are no wrong answers. I've heard as many answers as times I have asked these questions, and never do I hear a significant repeat. So here are your options. What does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or if you want to go a little bit broader, even a little bit more abstract like we've been talking about, what does heroism look like in a business context? That's a, a, a great question. Hero, heroism looks like, from a business perspective, serving all of the consumers of that software or of that service of, of those products or, you know, whatever you're doing, um, serving all of the customers and all of their customers and all of their customers and all of their customers. 
And again, going back to 2020, it was very easy to see that with um, emergency workers. So it was very easy to see the uh, the providers that were providing to providers that were providing to providers that were providing to providers. It was the the garbage man that still came down my block twice a week, and he had the same fears. Um, about getting sick and everything as everyone else did, but he was a hero. So, so in an organization, it is really ha- showing and, and delivering value, not only to your providers or your suppliers, but also to your consumers and all of the tiers down the block, uh, down, down the tiers as far as you can reach. Those things that sometimes we don't think make an impact make a dramatic impact. And again, that was the it's one of the silver linings of of the COVID era to really be able to examine all of the pieces of the supply chain and to find out that that one guy that is afraid for his health is still getting on a truck and driving something. 800 miles to make sure that it gets there. Um, that That is enabling that in an organization. That's true uh, heroism. And being able to stop and appreciate that, that I have a feeling is what allows you to look at some of the abstractions, whether in our personal lives or in business, and, and sort of take that higher level view. Because I'm positive that there were many people looking out their doorway, looking out their window at that same garbage man who, despite the fears, got back in his truck and did his job mm-hmm. and thought, you know, you know, why didn't he come yesterday or yes. looked right past him and didn't think anything. And so um, I, I completely appreciate sort of this idea you're setting up that we have a, it's a supply chain of, of service, of intent, of purpose, but also of appreciating those things that, that other people do. Frank, I thoroughly enjoyed our time together. I love it when I come to one of these conversations and walk away with a friend. I think you and I think in in very similar ways, and I've appreciated this time. If people are listening in and would like to connect with you, would like to learn more about your perspective, what is the best way for them to get in touch? Um, The two ways that I always recommend that folks um, get a hold of me, uh, one is LinkedIn. Uh, I am one of those people that I have to have my inbox cleared every day. So I will look at requests um, and and answer questions because uh, so much information has been given to me um, for free and just by having conversations this way. So it is certainly uh, Frank Kenny, K-E-N-N-E-Y uh, on LinkedIn and you will see me and I'm holding a guitar. It's the weirdest thing I know, but I'm holding a guitar. It makes sense in my head. Uh, The other way is uh, through our company, Clio, C-L-E-O.com. And um, there are plenty of ways to to reach out and engage um, uh, through Clio because everything that I'm talking about now is an energy that I keep with our um, executives, with our board, um, with our marketing team, with our uh, engagement teams. And so this isn't just one person with maybe some different thinking. This is an organization that is um, 
uh, really trying to build and, and deliver uh, these technologies that will enable you to uh, really appreciate and leverage and have visibility and have governance of all of the tiers in your supply chain. So those two ways are the best ways. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.